Hey everyone, welcome to the Create Initiative Podcast, the show that brings you insights and techniques from people in the creative world. We serve to help fellow creatives connect, learn, and grow. Well, I'm Jason Evans, and with Kyle Kyle Lee and Kyler Clapp, let me start that over. Boy, you know, why do you guys, why do you guys have names that sound almost the same? Here, here we go. Here just we go. call her Tap Clapper. Tap Clapper. <laughs> Talk to my parents because we were looking up the meaning of names, and my name literally means handsome. And they were going around the room, and it's like, that's Riley what means my like name means. Warrior. No, my <laughs> name means handsome. No, my name means handsome too. Well, it nope, is essentially it the same. It's essentially the same name with an R added to the end. It's Glake it's almost as if Kyler your parents were trying handsome. to name you Kyle, and then they were saying or, like they're gonna come up with another name, but then the nurse just wrote it Ky- Kyler down, just cut them off. No, like this is. Like this is Kyle a serious question. Or, were they hoping Kyle you were going to be a boy? Oh, that's perfect. Uh, probably, but they didn't know gender till day of. Okay. So I was going to be Carther regardless of what I was. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful name. It's a wonderful name, but it's just... Yeah, that's we, what everybody we, says. When you say Kyle Lee and Kyler Clapp, <laughs> <laughs> when, you say, when you say them you know, back to back, it's easy to get them confused. So I'm sorry. So let's start that again. Uh, I'm Jason Evans, and with me is Kyler Clapp. And Kyle Lee, who's eating something. What do you What do you got there, Kyle? Banana. A banana. Oh, classic. Yeah. Oh wait, classic. Y'all, you want to hear this? <sighs> I still I still can't believe you're you're in the coffee now. That's Maxwell a House. that's. You know what that is? That's a shameless plug for my new podcast. And what's Slurp that? sound. Slurp sound. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We were talking about this over the weekend. What what's your what's your premise with it? So, slurp sound is where the guest has to guess what beverage I'm drinking just based off of the sound of the slurp in the mic. I mean, I think that's a that's a huh. winning podcast right there. Here's the thing. Here's a special surprise. Episode one is out now. Is it really? Anchored. Dot FM slash slurp sound. Okay, well, we will add it to the show notes so people can can go and, and listen to it. Um, well, well, what have you been up to, Kyler? Kyle is obviously utilizing his time to create more things. What have you been doing? You know, I stepped, well, one of the days, oh my gosh, wow, that was hard. <laughs> what is going my on? My coffee hasn't said yet. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Someday last week I stepped in on my brother's college tap class. Um, he told me he was going to tap um, over at the church because our church is like five feet away from our house and he likes to go over there for his class. So I got out my tap shoes and I ran over there and surprised him and tapped with him. How was that? I mean, it was great. I still, still got it. So do you still, you don't actively take tap though, do you? I used to. Okay, but not anymore. How how long ago was but that? But no, 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 not anymore. No, it's been a minute. How long ago was it? Um, I was twelve, so okay. almost ten years. Yeah, and you and you still years. got it? Did you show him up? Oh, I still got it. I would do something, and he'd stop, and he'd be like, "I hate you." <laughs> wow, because he's so that he's, good. He's in a college class taking that. In a college tap class, level two. And you beat him. You got it. Mm-hmm. So this is just a class. Yeah. This isn't like uh Yeah, he gets a credit a, for it, or it's a couple. But it's not like a troop, you know, like they're not like performing. He's just... Oh, no, they're not like a crew. It's like comp one for tap dancing. Yep. yep. All right. All right, cool. Well, and also, your parents' church has the ability to go like in a place for tap dancing? Well, what we do is we get out... <laughs> We get out like the mats that you use for roller chairs, like you know the the plasticky ones, and it makes pretty uh, good sound. So we just pull okay. like five of those out, and it's basically and a dance floor. It gives you enough room to have a dance floor. That's that's yep. pretty impressive. You know, people are creative all the time. Even you know, creativity is time. just problem solving. So uh, you got to create a, a dance floor, and you can do it with the roller mats. Uh, Kyle, yeah. Yeah, Kyle, uh, I couldn't help but notice you were engaging in some b-ball over the weekend. Oh, yes. Um, people were wondering if I still got it. Yeah, since you don't post anything on social anymore, 
And so, yeah, I, uh, Libby was uh, letting people know that I still got it. Um, I moved our kids' basketball goal to the driveway and, you know, just having to show them up and slam dunk it some. Yeah. It's about, it's about five foot. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was impressive. Um, I was really surprised by all the cars stopping and like honking and waving and cheering. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. It was like, you know, I'm used to that sort of uh, celebrity fame, but... It felt good to yeah. be recognized for something I've worked so hard at for most of my life. Do you still own your high, the high school scoring record? I do. Wow. How many points was it? 43 points, which in today's landscape doesn't seem like much because everyone's scoring more points nowadays cause because people everyone jacks up enough. everyone jacks up 23s a game. Yeah. But this was uh this was before this was before all that. Yeah. This, this was, was when back- guys guys that were averaging twenty something points a game in the NBA were considered like elite top. Yeah. Yeah. This is back when you actually had a big man who did nothing but stand in the middle of the lane and get uh, rebounds. Yeah, this is a yeah, create initiative sports dive. <laughs> Every big man I've ever known, and this is true in the NBA now mm-hmm. too, what would rather play outside and shoot threes yep. that is how it was always my entire life and they were never good at it so we had we were lucky enough to have like several like six and a half footers in our school and all of them just wanted to shoot threes and they were yeah. garbage that's and finally the game caught up with what everybody wants and so now everybody uh, just shoots threes. no it's so. going back man it's going back to the true big man you think so yeah and OKC Thunder is going to be right ready with Stephen Adams. That's right, Kyler. Yeah. How are you enjoying this conversation? <laughs> I I mean, basketball is one of my favorites out of all of them, which isn't saying a lot. But so I'm I'm just observing. Well, oh, this is a great okay. transition. The th- uh, Thunder released an app, a game. Did oh, you see they did. It? No, I didn't see this. Thunder dot run. And it's just oh. a, it's a web it's a web game, and so you don't have to download an app or anything. So I guess it's not an app; it's just all within the browser. It's like one but of those. it is it is fun. What do you do? Did somebody you pick just one of the players did somebody just come just in run. the garage, Kyler? And you just run? No, I'm in the laundry room. Let me see. They really Thunder. don't respect my live taping sign. Well, I'm sorry. All right, don't play anymore. We don't want to pay royalties. You don't have to pay anything, man. There's no royalties. It's a free game. So <laughs> you pick your player. Yeah. It's like 16-bit game. Yeah. And you run. You just tap. The, the bus broke down, so you got to tap, and you got to get coins <laughs> and jump over. I'm going to do it. How about that? It's Why? got the Oklahoma City skyline in the back. How about that? Yeah. Why, Kyler? It's because the yeah, word the word of COVID-19 for creatives is engagement. It's, well, they it's actually all about engagement. Had, they had in- commissioned some uh they'd commissioned a company to build them an app to like boost morale heading into the playoffs. Um and then they released it obviously early because everything got canceled. Yeah. Uh postponed, it's not canceled. You know, everything is yeah. still everything is still on the table. Nobody knows when, but um, that 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 is super creative. Uh, that's a good good way to to offer engagement. And um, you know, it it's true. Like you see a lot of companies, a lot of corporations, a lot of churches. Uh, you know, they they think engagement is the key right now. You know, that's you got to keep your audience uh, informed of what you're doing. Have you guys seen any creative ways that that's happening? I have seen a bunch of companies feel uh, what I feel like is take advantage of the situation and try to make some heartfelt commercial. Yeah. And it's like this is unnecessary. Like oh, y- y- you're a car- you're a car dealership, okay? And so I don't need 7 years of 0% financing. Okay? You don't? <laughs> no. 
Because you know what that tells me? I do. If they're offering, if they're offering seven years, zero percent financing, that means they're still making money yep. off of your regular payment, and so that means normally they're making a lot of money, and you know it's time for Big Auto to go down. <laughs> yeah, somebody tried to kill him in two thousand eight, but the government bailed him out. You know. I stand with Elon Musk. I I haven't seen what he's standing on right now. Well, I just mean, you know, electric cars. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I can dig it. Kyler, able, how's, how's your... Yeah, so go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. You said you could oh, use... Uh, you know, what? this is why I like meeting in person. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm in the process of buying a car, but on the topic of commercials, Facebook put out this one where this like British girls doing a spoken word over all these like, you know, nurses and scrubs. It is the cringiest thing on television. She's like, oh, what would you do if you had no time? (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) I was, I was. It's so bad. It's so weird because I I, I saw it too. And I I mentioned to to Camber, my wife, that uh, I was like, you know, that's like the, the 2005 church Easter opener having like the the british person with the accent that british people actually hate and then you know just a lot of images over it (laughs) and it's just like where did facebook pull this out like this is literally like a 15 year old concept i don't i guess they're just trying to bring it back around i don't know well i mean i was ready for all the heartfelt like you know commercials but and i'm like you got me i'm like i want to see who can pull my heartstrings then they cue this you know when well when and i was like what is going i literally was laughing because i'm like this is this is terrible like you lost every ounce of you know empathy i had towards these people on this commercial because this girl is so cringe it catches you off guard here's a hot take um a commercial that i have to almost get up and walk out of the room every time it comes oh, on. <laughs> and uh yeah, so you can cut this out if you want. Oh no. But it's the it's the one I don't even know what it's for, maybe some nursing home or something. And this like 200-year-old lady is singing Amazing Grace. I have and not seen this one. Haven't <laughs> <laughs> either. Okay, so listen guys, like I'm I'm happy she's able to praise and she's literally a thousand years old and still singing. Um, but it's like, she's sitting there and <clears throat> here's a spot on impression. Yeah, that's it. So, um, listen, we don't need that. Like, just let her pray. <laughs> Nobody let her, needs Let that. her worship in private, you know? Yeah. Um, but so anyways, <laughs> someone that I do that I do appreciate, and this may come as no surprise, is Phil from Mattresses and Furniture. And, uh, mm. you know, I was I was wondering if he was just being a little tone deaf because I just kept on seeing a bunch of Mattresses and Furniture's Mattresses and Furniture commercials that didn't even mention anything. Yeah. And then. It was like he read my mind because later that night a new commercial came on and he wanted to offer his sincere hope and joy during this tough time. And he wanted to reassure us that he will never miss us over a few bucks. And so um, that was the main takeaway of his coronavirus commercial is that he will not miss us over a few bucks. And I just wanted to say shout out to my man, Phil. Um, Hope to have him on the cast one day. Yeah, yeah. Reach out to him. Um, you know that that is commendable. That at least like you're not shrouding what you're really trying to do in in the heartfelt stuff. You know, I think um, I don't know. Sometimes we try to be too heartfelt and subversive at the same time, and I don't like that. Well, here's the thing: every mattress, every mattress That's stores a. Every mattress store is a cover for uh, <laughs> money laundering, and so uh, yeah, obviously he's doing fine. Yeah, like business is <laughs> he's, fine. He he's doing all right. Well, hey, we need to we need to get uh, through to our guest. Um, 
because I feel like the mob is going to come after us. <laughs> so, um, but uh, on that note, our guest today is Diaco Jones, who's the production engineer at Victory Family Church. And uh, you'll hear me call him DJ during the interview because I think a lot of people know him as DJ. And uh, we, we, we discuss uh, DJ's kind of his history in... Uh, the creative world and, and how he learned and, and kind of grew in the production side of things. And we talk about lighting, uh, some theories of lighting, stuff like that. And then we also discuss what Victory Family is doing in light of this uh, season of the COVID-19. And so uh, it was it was a good conversation and we hope you enjoy it. So uh, let's just get right to it. Here's our interview with DJ. for taking time to be on the Create Nation podcast, man. We appreciate you joining us. Mm-hmm. Glad to be here. <laughs> well, we're glad you're here. Um, just to get things started, we'd love for you to just let people know kind of who you are, what you do, and where you do it. Yeah, I'm a DJ, and uh, I work at Victory Family Church as the production engineer, and I also, and I also have the um, opportunity to oversee our technology department. That includes um, website, app design, um, networking of the church, a um, little bit of security stuff as well, just making sure that all goes well as far as our uh, some of our buildings go. Um, and then the production side, all of the lighting and kind of the back end side of production, um, just making sure everything behind the scenes is working. And um, with that also, uh, everything with uh, our volunteers as, as well. So just building teams and um, and all that stuff. So, yeah. Cool. Well, that sounds like a, a ton of fun. Um, what... How did you get started in all this? Kind of what's your background in creative field? And I mean, you, you, you touch in the IT world and technologies and stuff like that. So what, how did you get started in all that? Yeah, so uh, at a very young age, I was always really interested in doing YouTube videos. So I kind of started doing that like when I was like eight. Um, and then later on, I started attending church uh, with my family. And um, from there, one day I was asked by um, a friend of mine at a church after being like maybe like four or five years in or actually maybe three years, um, he said, hey, you want to run camera? Uh, just because nobody else could run camera. And um, at the time, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll help. And then after that, I loved it. And I didn't realize that my passion um, for tech and all that was was there until I actually did it that one time. And then ever since, I've always wanted to do it again. And I always, I, every time I go to the church on Sunday, I always look back and see if they have a cameraman and making sure. Um, but ever since then, I've just always been wanting to serve in uh, production or tech or media or whoever you know wants to call it. Um, so uh, I started getting into to camera work um, and doing a lot of uh, video. Um, but then shortly after I got into lighting, um, it was one of those things, again, where uh, my church didn't have someone to do it. So it was like, hey, you want to learn how to do this real quick? So click a button. And then one time I think there was an error or something with the lights and I just figured out how to fix it. And then from there, I kind of developed, you know, the passion for uh, running lights and, and programming and all that stuff. Not a professional by any means, but, you know, it's, it's definitely one of the cooler things to uh, learn and how to uh, advance a worship experience for sure. So. Um, yeah, so I kind of been involved in tech and production and stuff for maybe 15, I don't know, 15 years. I mean, I'm only 20. So, um, <laughs> I mean, a, a big, a big part of my life, you know, when I was young, my mom would always used to tell me, yeah, I used to always do this, play with computers. And, and I didn't really know that. I was just like, okay, I mean, I guess so. But like my mom would just tell me like, I, you know, I would, I would do these things and I didn't know, but you know, I think whenever I actually got older, around eight or nine, like I said before, that's when I actually start to realize that I had actually had a passion for it. So and as far as the ministry side of, side of things go, I, w- I would say that around 14 uh, at my previous church um, is when I actually started getting more involved in that as well and uh, discovered that, you know, God is calling me to do uh, use my gifts and talents in uh, ministry. So yeah, that was that was a huge deal as well. Yeah, I mean, it's you've been doing it for for half your life at least. <laughs> um, you know, that that that's pretty cool. And uh, you know, I think when I when we first met, it was in the context of you being the the lighting director and uh you you were running lights for for an event we had at your church and um I I want to kind of dive in a little bit on lighting to you and or with you and um Kind of one of the things that that I, I, comes to mind first is, in your opinion, why is theatrical lighting important in a church context? 
or what makes it important? I'll put it that way. Yes. So uh, lighting to me um, in a church context is really important because it really does enhance the worship experience. Um, it definitely does create uh, an environment where people can, can worship in a uh, distraction list if you do it right. Um, I've learned over the years that, you know, strobes and fancy color changing lights don't bring, you know, simply just won't bring uh, people to Jesus, especially if they don't know him. That's distracting. Uh, so I think <clears throat> doing my best uh, to um, definitely learn how to uh, create an environment that where people can come in who don't know him um, can understand and, and be filled with the presence uh, of the Lord. So, I mean, Really, that's everything from the colors that I use, the way that I use motion with lights. And keep in mind, I do I do, do a lot. Our, our light setup is pretty complex in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I use it to, the, to our advantage to make sure that people are put into the worship experience. So, for example, like the first song that we do at every single one of our worship experiences um, is a fast song. So with that, I mean, there will be... Uh, lights moving, um, there will be color changing, there will be um, a lot of energy on stage. Um, lighting really does help create energy to uh, put people into motion, uh, to put people into action to do something, you know? Um, it, and it's kind of weird the way it works. You wouldn't actually think about it, but if you're at a concert, when the lights are going crazy, you're going to be screaming, you're going to be <laughs> jumping up and down, and you're going to be yeah. doing all those things. Yeah. But, you know, I've kind of taken what I've learned from the secular world and say, okay, what can I do to actually enhance this. So um, moving on to like the, our, the rest of the songs out throughout wor- our, our worship experiences um, are, you know, a little bit slower, a um, little bit more intimate. So with that, I, I pick certain colors that are more intimate. So what that is, that's blue, um, magenta, um, dark red, orange-ish colors. I would use those a lot in our more intimate sets. Um, those just create, and there's just a lot to do with color theory, um, that I won't get into, but you know, it just, it just helps create certain moods where people can just chill and, and, and just worship. And, um, I feel that too, my own self, um, not even when I'm running lights, if I'm at a different church or if I'm, um, you know, sitting in the audience, uh, to watch the message and I'm in worship, uh, I will be put in literally by lighting and it's just the weirdest thing. Um, I can... Um, literally just fall into the presence um, in the dark room. I can uh, just I can, I can just feel it there. So I think a lot of those things really do enhance the worship experience, and I really do think that's why it's important is just to uh, help create that distractionless environment of worship. Yeah, and and I think you do a great job of it. And watching um, your events in person, watching them online, um, you can tell you put a great deal of care into it and a, and a great deal of thought. You said you didn't want to dive deep into color theory, but, uh, can you, can you give us kind of a 30,000 foot view of, um, I, I don't know if everyone realizes that certain colors do elicit certain responses. Um, could you, could you just maybe briefly touch on that? Yeah. So like, uh, whenever typically like in a fast song, um, green or kind of a, um, I guess teal-ish color uh, can be more of an energetic, maybe a cyan blue can be more of an energetic. If you, uh, whenever, whenever I picture blue, I would, I would always see like a kind of like a lightning bolt kind of thing, um, yeah. a cyan yeah. blue. Um, those type of things have like energy and green has uh, high energy to just move. Um, and then blue, dark blue slash magenta getting in between those areas are more intimate and more like relaxed. Um, they'll just help you see, it's just, it just helps you see things in a different perspective, I guess you can say. Um, it makes you kind of not feel, but it makes you like relaxed, I guess you can say. Um, yeah. it's more of a relaxing yeah. color. It, it definitely feels relaxing. And then a more orange, darker red, orange in between those areas, um, are more for, I guess, in the soul type of, type of things. Um, uh, so would it, if we talk about, uh, like the blood of Jesus or something, I wouldn't use straight red, but I would probably use orangey, uh, dark red, orange, um, to make it more soul because that is more of pertaining to the song. So yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> well, no, and I know that's a, a super, super brief, super, uh, broad, uh, look at it, but I mean, I, it, it is important. We don't, we don't always realize the way colors affect us. And, you know, it goes beyond, um, 
you know, stage lighting. I mean, you look at movies and stuff like that, like they'll put a certain color grade on a certain shot, depending on what kind of emotion they're trying to elicit. So, um, that's, that's really good. And, you know, for you, I know you've been doing this, even though you're, you're 20 years old, you've been doing it for a while. What, what were some of the ways that you learned how, how to do it and how to do it quickly. And, and I know everybody's using a different kind of lighting console, everybody's, but, but for you, um, what were ways that you were able to learn how to, how to direct lighting? Honestly, figuring it out on my own and YouTube, yeah. <laughs> lots of YouTube yeah. tutorials. Um, I've only been on two, um, actual, uh, lighting programs. That is one is uh, high end systems, hog, um, hog three and hog four. And then uh, Jan's Vista is currently what we're running right now and currently what I use on the daily. Um, um, I use Vista f- 2, or, th- or sorry, not 2, 3 or 4. I forget which one they have. It's by Chroma Q now, but it's the newer version. Um, so I've been on the two different versions of Vista and then two, two different versions of the high-end systems, HOG uh, 3 and 4. So um, learning through those, uh, definitely HOG is uh, the way to go as far as um, learning uh, – actual programming in a sense of like, okay, um, you got to program lights using actual command cues. You have to command the light to do something. So on uh, the HOG software, uh, typically when I'm programming, it'd be all keypad. Um, uh, I would select a fixture, say fixture two, um, and then I want the intensity to be 50%. I would say uh, fixture two at 50, enter. And then I would hit store, and then I'd do Q1, and then you would have to go through each each Q. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as yeah. we're now, uh, Vista is all um, visual, so I can literally select a line of lights and say, uh, just turn it up, and then hit green, and that's all I have to do. And then if I'm in a Q, that's already programmed already for me. So there's less buttons I have to click on Vista, but on uh, lighting controllers such as uh, HOG uh, high end, by High End Systems and ETC, um, there is that way of programming that is a little bit more complex and harder. So I would say um, command lines have been really beneficial to learning and understanding how programming actually works because uh, what you're doing is, uh, especially with movers and lights, you're just telling the lights what to do, mm-hmm. um, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're just commanding them to do certain effects and certain things. And you can do, with that, you can also set them to, to, to do it sequentially. You can do it randomly. You can make them go up a certain point and then back down. Um, there's a lot of things you can do. The possibilities are endless. And I'm pretty sure I mean, if you've been to a concert, you've, you've, you've seen lights go to the sound of music. And all of that is just being controlled by the way, the timing and the way that uh, lights work. And also that there's other things like time code and everything like that, that people use to automatically time lights to do that. But there's a lot of program that goes into that to make it, to make sure that at this certain time that this light will do this thing. So, um, so yeah, the kind of the way that I've, learned it was all through all through that as well so yeah are there um just that come to mind are there any either youtube channels or are there any tutorials or anything that you remember watching that were like these were yes um i totally forgot the youtube name it was her name was like (laughs) it was this, this lady who does like uh who does like programming on hog and it was like console queen or something. So <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> weird, but I used to watch that all the time. Uh, she used to just show, uh, programming tutorials. Um, there's this thing called busking. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's essentially where you program on the fly during, uh, during an event, concert, you know, worship experience, whatever. Um, basically she just showed how to do live busking on the hog. Um, cause a lot of people, you know, at concerts, a lot of people will do stuff on the fly to make it uh, better or like go mm-hmm. to more to the song. Um, so that's called busking instead of cause it just, it just moves away from your actual programming. So, um, I've learned a lot about that through uh, a lot of the YouTube channels. And then also, um, uh, what is it? Jan's, uh, Vista. Yeah. The Jan's lighting, um, I guess you could say YouTube channel has uh, a lot of tutorials on how to use Vista and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure that they actually still exist because Vista, the older version of Vista is a little bit back, a little bit outdated. So, um, but yeah, I mean, a simple Google search of, you know, how to use Jan's Vista or how to use what, whatever you have, there's going to be tons of stuff out there yeah. that will show you how yeah. to do it. If not, there'll be things that are really close that you can figure out. Um, lighting is just all figuring out. That's all it is. It's just figuring out how to make things work and make it, you know, make things 
uh, and just be creative with it. You know, there's been a lot of times where on the fly that um, our pastor would ask, you know, hey, can you do this with the lights? Or, you know, uh, my supervisor would be like, hey, I think we want to, I think we wanted to do this with, with this light, or I think we want to move it up at this point. Um, just to make it more, and I would say, okay, uh, let's see if I can put this out. And then, and you know, <laughs> judging based off of what I've already learned, I would say, okay, I can, I can do this. I can go to this effect, and then change the way it's, it's all made. And then also with those tutorials, I've learned how to make presets, which also help with the programming experience. Um, so I can say, uh, instead of reprogramming those uh, those effects every time, I can just set it as a preset and instead go to that preset that I've created and just use it every time I want to use it. So that's also another thing as well. Yeah. And and I mean, that's all stuff you pick up uh, along the way, but, um, you know, I'm a, um, let me just clarify my opinion on lighting. I think it's very needed and I love what it does, but I don't ever want to touch it. Um, (laughs) it's just, you know, it's just not, not something that, that I find, uh, interesting or exciting or soothing or anything like that to do. But, um, I understand why it's important and, and I understand the need to it. So, um, but if you're, maybe you're, whoa, oh my goodness, DJ. No, <laughs> um, uh, but, but maybe you're talking to someone who's at a church that doesn't like have a, you know, it, you're talking to a creative who's trying to get a little bit of lighting going in their church services. Um, how might you encourage them to, to be able to tell their pastor or their leader, Hey, you know, we're not wanting to go crazy. We're not wanting to make it look like a rock show or a concert, but, but if we just did this, you know, it could help us. How might you encourage that, that lighting person? Yeah. Um, lighting, I would say, first of all, is really, really expensive. Um, every single little, uh, little, robot that you have on stage or every single little par light you have on stage is a, is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I think there's going to be a lot of things where our pastors or our leaders are going to want to do these certain effects and do these things um, to, and then also not make it look like uh, a rock show and make it look, you know, things like that. There's ways you can get through that. Um, you don't have to have the best of the best lights. Rather, as far as positioning goes, um, you can do a lot with positioning. Um, it's actually pretty cool. This last Sunday uh, for our Easter experiences, this is all online for, you know, coronavirus. Yeah. Um, yeah. We built an entire stage and we, lit- we literally are only using set lights. We're not using any movers. We're not moving. We're not using any, uh, any other fixtures. We're literally using set lights. Um, that is uh, tungsten lights. That is light bulbs and uh, a few or some, some bar lights. And that, that's it. Um, and that's stuff that we've, we've already had. Um, so with that, we've just played around with positioning and the decorations to make it look more homey. Um, mm-hmm. So what, as far as what to do to make it not look like a rock show, is it's all based on the culture of your church. So first I would ask, your, you would probably ask yourself or even your, your leader, your pastor, okay, how does this, how does this lighting structure, or how does this position or how does this look in the motion of my lights go with the culture of my church? You know, is your, does your church do um, really high intensity worship or do they do a lot of hymnals or do they do, um, you know, a lot of contemporary stuff? You know, ask yourself, what is my, what is, what, what do we do? You know, um, and never go based off of somebody else's look. And I think it's really, I think it's really um a thing nowadays where people try to go for an elevation type of look or a life church type of look or those type of things. And, I, and to have a creative uh, look and an idea is fine, but to actually go through with it, usually sometimes you got to ask yourself, does this fit the look and does this fit the style and does this fit the culture of my church? And if, if not, is this, something, is this, is this somewhere we want to go? Is this somewhere we want to be? So, um, and you know, if your pastor is saying like, I, you know, I still don't want to make it, you know, look like this, look like that. And I, I've been on that side, uh, where, <laughs> um, our pastor has wanted to make it look like a rock show. Um, and this is previous <laughs> stuff. So, um, and, uh, and, and I've been on the side where, um, or I've even helped people where it's like, Hey, um, our pastor only wants this. We, you know, we only want that. So I would, I would definitely, um, err on the side of what, what your culture is 
and then just talk through it with your pastor to see what you think. And then test different looks. You know, lighting, you can have different looks. It doesn't always have to be the same. Yeah. So yeah. change your positions up. Um, change, you know, make it, make it look as, as what you think your church um, uh, would, I guess, your style should be. Um, and that's different across every single church. Um, I know here we're pretty big on tungsten lights and uh, we're pretty big on Edison bulbs mm-hmm. <laughs> and orange, <laughs> all, of the, all of the above. We love those things. And I just try to think to myself, okay, those three things, let me figure out how to incorporate that into every, into every look and every single thing that we do. Because we're, we're, we're a pretty homey church. We mm-hmm. want to create a home feel everywhere in our lobby. Uh, we wanted to make sure that um, this our, our our auditoriums match the same vibe as um, our lobby. I think sometimes people walk into um, a lobby and might think of it differently in an auditorium, especially if your auditorium is bigger. Uh, you may want to test different looks that kind of go along with your lobby as well. Um, and that's all the positioning uh, with that as well. So um, definitely talk through it with your pastor. And I would just encourage you, like, just don't be upset if there's anything um, that you know, they're telling you that might, that you might not like, um, always trust your leadership, always know that they, um, they are, they're making these decisions, uh, for the best interest, best interests of their church. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I just, just know that, and it's a process, um, to grow off of, but instead of moving to five lights, maybe let's just try two. let's try this and let's move, uh, let's, let's try a few things at a time. Um, I think a lot of people do want to jump up and have, uh, all these lights all at the same time and do these things when really you have to ease your congregation into those into those lights. You have to ease your congregation into that new, you know, that new uh, audio. You have to ease that, your congregation into that new pro presenter. All those things that um, are upgrades you have to ease into that you already don't have um, or else it's going to become a major culture shock. So it's like, yeah. um, if this is somewhere you want to go, something you want to do, okay, and then your pastor is like, ah, oh, no, nah, like, like I'm, I'm not sure about it, okay try this. How about, how about two lights or let, let's try this look and let's see what we do. And if they say yes, let's go for it. But let's just, just try to present it in a way of, you know, this is, this, this, this is what fits the culture of the church. So, but then again, your pastor will know and they will, they will uh, absolutely know what to do as far as um, the best interests of the church. Yeah, no, I mean, that's great. There's some great suggestions in there. Um, before we get out of here, I want to kind of pivot and talk about what's going on now. Um, you know, and you mentioned the uh, co- coronavirus, COVID-19. And so for your church and kind of for your role in the church, uh, what what are you doing differently um, in this moment right now? Yes. Um, let me just say that all of our systems, production, technology, all those things, everything that I do, um, and everything in the entire church has changed. Um, through this entire uh, pandemic, um, I'm seeing a lot of our systems that are in place right now are basically crashing before our eyes. <laughs> and that's every church. Every yeah. church has a system on yeah. Sundays. Every church has a system on their Wednesday night experiences. Um, but all that's changed. It's like, what do you do? Uh, especially since no one can come in your building. Um, so all of those things have changed. And what I'm doing right now is... Um, we're trying to um, create um, a better experience for people to be able to experience and connect with the family um, online. And uh, I guess I, we can do like kind of three points here. So like um, we're coming at it in kind of in a biblical standpoint. Second um, Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Um, Jason, like these are times of uncertainty. Um, yeah. You know, we have to have a charge mentality. Uh, we can't just kind of wait and sit back. Um, we're not going to back down as a church. Um, we're going to be trying to spread um, the gospel as much as, as much as we can in our community. Um, I don't think we're, we're 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 trying to keep people engaged a lot through our communities. So um, here at Victory, we have three campuses right now. We have one in Norman, one in uh, Newcastle, Oklahoma, and then one in Chickasha. Oklahoma now. So um, with that, we're trying to charge and keep people um, engaged in um, our community. So I would say the second thing is um, being proactive and not reactive. So we're pretty committed to being uh, or having a habit of being present right now. Like I said earlier, just making sure that people are engaged. Um, People are looking for hope right now in a time where there is uncertainty. So um, this is a time for us to step up and be a church and uh, Pre- present in our 
to, and be present in our community. Um, so how we're doing this right now is uh, daily schedules. Um, you know, we got to think daily, not weekly, because as this thing goes, anything can happen. So mm-hmm. daily schedules within our live stream to keep people connected. This is on Facebook Live. This is on our website. This is on YouTube. Um, every other day we do fitness uh, with, our, with, with a fitness coach. Um, we do uh, Bible studies um, with some of the pastors here on our staff. We do family devos, family, um, uh, morning time stuff with kids, um, kids' devotions and um, kids' experiences and all that. Um, student ministry um, every week on Thursdays or something for student ministries. Um, and then even for Easter, we, we did an Easter egg hunt. And uh, that was um, in, in your car, basically. We had mm-hmm. different, we had 20 eggs in many different locations across Moore, Norman, uh, Newcastle, and Chickasha. And people had to go find these eggs and li- literally um, had to um, take a picture and then tag the church <laughs> yeah. and show that yeah. they found it. And, you know, it was a chance to win prizes and all that stuff. But that was one of the things that kept our community engaged. Um, that is what kept people out, you know, got people out of the house and, you know, in a safer way in their car and drove around and looked for eggs, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. great. And a lot of people responded to that in such a way. It was like, Hey, like I saw a lot of, uh, cause we have church stickers on our, on a lot of people's cars. So like people have uh, those things. Uh, so people were like, yeah, I saw a lot of church stickers on their cars. Like, I, Oh, I saw such and such driving down the street. And it was just so cool to see that because now we're at a, we're, we're a month in right now and people are literally craving family time. People are literally craving to be, uh, to have to spend time with friends and, yeah. and hang out and, yeah do whatever. And it was just life giving for people to be able to see people they know at church or people who, or even people that they met online during an experience in person, uh, in, in their car, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, and another thing is, uh, zoom groups. Um, we've, since the beginning of all this, we've incorporated, uh, zoom groups, um, outside of our normal small groups instead. So people have the opportunity to sign up and lead a group and the people have the opportunity to sign up and just join a group and be a part of that. So, um, right now, Zoom groups, the attendance has been higher than it ever has been before um, or as far as our small groups. So, I mean, it's been really cool to implement that in, our, in, in all of our technology um, and all that stuff goes. And part of that is also uh, we created an, a separate website for um, this whole coronavirus thing um, that only pertained to, to COVID. So um, we were kind of going back and forth. The team was kind of going back and forth and saying, okay, we can maybe – scratch the entire Victory Family Church site. And I was like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. We're gonna, we're gonna just create another site here. And then we're gonna like, we're gonna, we're gonna make this important. This is where we're gonna put all our weekly schedules. This is where we're gonna put all of our information for our Zoom groups. This is where we're gonna put all information for our kids and our youth. All of the recordings and live streams we've ever done are on that site. So people go back, go back and look. And it's all, and it's just reference of information for people to go and look right now. So, and then, and then right now, like stats show that, <clears throat> 66 days. Uh, it takes 66 days for somebody to um, actually develop a habit. So with staying engaged and everything, um, we want people to de- develop a habit of engagement in a church. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah. if we did not do this, a lot of people would be left disengaged. And therefore, after this whole thing is over, a lot of people will be out of that habit of church. You know, a lot of people be that habit of connecting with people and just coming out, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a few people that I talked to who are like, hey, did you catch this online last week? And like, oh, no, I forgot. And it's like, oh, crap. Well, it's easy to forget. I mean, if you're not engaging with those people, yep. then they'll forget. Yep. And it's easy to fall through. Um, for, for a lot of people, just fall through the cracks uh, in, in their day-to-day lives, especially with all this stuff going on. You're stuck at home. So, like, you've lost all of your um, all of your contact with a lot of people. You've or you've literally just kind of fell through and kind of, you're just sitting there and you're just kind of bored. So, you know, and it's just, there's, there's no, there's no schedule. There's, there's nothing. And then you just fall through and you kind of forget about what you actually do. So, um, and it's, it's just really easy to do. Um, and then the third thing is, uh, we're trying to be hopeful in presenting everything too. Um, I think that, um, right now our community Especially, I mean, everyone around, around the world are looking for hope. You know, uh, suicide hotlines are up to the roof right now. Uh, a lot of people are scared that they're going to fall back into their their old ways, being alone, being bored, being isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, fall mm-hmm. back into the realm of being, um, uh, I guess, of being back in their past sins. I guess you can say um, those things are what 
drive people up the wall. So I think a lot of this using technology, grasping technology, grabbing our online worship, grabbing um, the Bible studies and the family devotion times, grabbing those and putting it and putting it into people's lives are really important right now because people need hope. People need to know that God is here. He's with us and there's nothing to worry about. And he will literally see see us through the end of this whole thing and we will see everything flourish by the end of this and we'll see literally masses amount of people come to know Christ this whole entire thing. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of kind of my take on, you know, what's going on right now uh, and how our church is approaching the pandemic. Oh, that's good, man. And, and, and you obviously have a plan and you guys are, are approaching it, uh, like you said, day by day. But um, you're, you're doing a great job in, in hitting those hitting those points that, that you've made an, an emphasis for sure. Um, just kind of last question as we get out of here. And this is something I've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks. And I think I'll continue to think about it even after we're we're allowed to meet and gather again. Um, what are is there anything you're learning right now that you kind of are thinking like, okay, I'm learning this because I'll be able to use it even when things go back to quote unquote normal? Yeah. Um, I would say I'm definitely learning, um, time management a lot. (laughs) A lot of this, uh, as far as, um, what I'm going to be using whenever I, um, go get back into the rhythm and flow of everything uh church wise i'm learning a lot about time management and how it's really important to um grasp the time that um we have when we're isolated or when we have nothing to do so um personally uh i guess um to be absolutely vulnerable uh i've never spent I mean, I spent a lot of time with Jesus, but as far as when I'm alone and stuff like that, I'm always used to like hanging out with friends. I'm used to uh, doing all these things, but now that I can't do that, it forces me to have to actually spend time and devote myself to um, all of God's time that he, that, he, that he requires of me, you know? And I think uh, it's really important to remember that um, I need to be doing these things on my day to day. So even though right now, all the hanging out, everything has stopped um, and all of this stuff, um, I'm having to really force myself to say, okay, God, like I am going to devote my absolute time to you each and every day at this time when I wake up, you know, um, yeah. and I'm going to do this um, and I'm going to make it a habit. I'm going to try to make it a habit. It takes six to six days. So, I mean, we're a month in, so <laughs> let's, let's keep going. <laughs> so, um, you know, making it a habit and, and making and making sure that um, I, I'm absolutely devoting uh, time with God. And I think a lot of times it's really easy to fall through with work um, and with uh, all the things happening in life um, and not and wake up in the morning and totally forget about reading the word. I think it's really easy to do. A lot of us do it. And it's not something that yeah. um, only I do. It's not something that only, you know, someone else might do. But it's a lot of us fall through and sometimes we just forget. Or we, sometimes we might we just lose it. So um, yeah. I think yeah. right now, I think God is really showing, showing me personally, um, you know, there's a lot of time you have and you when you don't have time, you can always still spend time with me, you know, uh, or when you do have, or, you know, whenever you are uh, busy all the time, you can always take time out of you, that busy schedule to uh, absolutely um, dwell in my word. So, um, yeah, I mean, a yeah. lot of that, I, I, and like I said before, I, I work long hours, but at the same time, when I am at home and I am sitting there alone, I do try to, I do try to spend as much time with God as possible and take that time to just get closer and closer and closer. I mean, this is the perfect time to do it. You know, there's no excuse, no excuse. So, uh, I just wanted to build that habit. I think learning that as well. And as far as, um, the church goes and what I'm learning here, um, I'm definitely learning more about just keeping connected and, um, staying, making sure, cause right now we, uh, I have volunteers. So, um, Usually I connect with my volunteers throughout the week and uh, mainly on Wednesdays and Sundays, whatever day, we, whichever day we have experiences and people are here. So learning how to actually connect with um, my volunteers and people that I know here in the church um, it doesn't always have to be because I see you type of thing. It, it can always be like a quick text and say, hey, thinking about you, love you, or like, hey, let's do a Zoom call real quick. I think Zoom calls are going to be huge after this still 
people are going to do yeah. Zoom calls every single day, probably for the next forever. So um, <laughs> literally, I think that it's going to be a huge deal. And I think I'm going to be doing uh, I'm going to be incorporating a lot of more Zoom calls and more things uh, throughout the week, even after this whole thing ends, because um, I mean, it's it's important. I mean, it, it's another way to connect with people. And um, a lot of church people who might be listening to this right now might be saying, oh, like I have volunteers too, and I'm, you know, I'm just trying to figure out a way to engage. You, you can figure out ways to engage. Um, a group me, um, group text, uh, Zoom calls, like just, just do it. And I'm right now, I'm having to learn how to do that and make sure that I stay connected with all my volunteers, even through this, you know. Um, so, and it's also challenging too because I'm having to think about if anybody wants to join the team, <laughs> um, uh, and all this is going on, like how do you incorporate training? So right now you have to change systems and change uh, PDF documents on what you can do from home to learn how to do these things, especially in my realm, because website stuff, if you know how to do it, you know how to do it. But if you don't, you know, how can I show you how to do this online? How can I show you how to do this in a PDF document, screenshot type of fashion? Um, so yeah, I mean, those are a couple of things that I'm learning personally and with the church, uh, things that I've kind of been noticing over the last uh, four weeks, this has been happening. Like it's it's real, it's real, and I think God has really shown me something through this uh, in my workplace yeah. and personally. So yeah, those are a couple of things. We want to thank DJ again for being on the show. And uh, check out what Victory Family is doing online because uh, they're producing a lot of content right now. And DJ's got a, a big hand in, in what they're doing. Uh, well, guys, before we get out of here, Kyle, you're spinning a globe. And uh, are you, you thinking about where you're going to travel with flights being so cheap right now? No, I'm just doing some uh, some analog CGI for the for the video rollout. Uh, we're just going to digitally remove remove the uh, your hand from the globe <laughs> oh it's a good thing we're not recording this one uh thanks to kyler but um <laughs> i say we still put it up i mean no no we're gonna be kind we're gonna be kind people well um before we get oh, out of here you flipped us off you're right yeah before we get out of here <laughs> I before we get out of here uh, i want to take a second to remind everyone that we have announced we will be having our may 16th communications workshop but we're going to do it online only uh kyler would you like to tell us about it all right yeah so we have um nick goodner um jonathan mom and brandon vertebra offer the communications workshop and a couple more even kyle lee the one and only and jordan ferris correct that's correct yeah yeet yeah it's gonna be a good one yeah, it will be a good one. Kyle and Jordan will be our hosts for the day. So uh, they'll be the ones getting us from point A to point B. And we couldn't be more excited. We're working on finalizing a couple more guests. And uh, how much is it, Kyler? It is... You said it. $25. That's right. You can go to createinitiative.org to register. And uh, man, since you're ahead of our promotion, I'm really glad you know all this information, Kyler. Yeah, so, I. Yeah. That's okay. When that's you say okay. you say virtually, I can only assume Jordan and I will be equipped with our very own Oculus Rift VR headsets. That's correct. Okay, just yeah. making sure that was in the budget. Yeah. Well, you got to buy your own, but yes, that's it's required for you to host. You got to supply your own. Um, well, I guess I can make one. Yeah, <laughs> you can make one. Um, well, uh, we need to get out of here, and uh, we've had a wonderful, wonderful time. And, uh, you know, guys, thank you for taking time to be on the show. It's, it's always a pleasure. Um, you know, I used to have to do this all by myself and it was so boring and, uh, I'm glad you guys have, I'm glad you guys have, have joined in. And we also want to thank DJ for taking time to join us. And, uh, until next week for Kyle Lee and Kyler Clapp, I'm Jason Evans and we'll see you later. Tap us out.